I come out of agreement with the lie that you have left me on my own. I am not alone. I come out of agreement with the worry and the fear I've come to know. No, they won't have a hold on me.
It doesn't change who you are. It can't change who you are. Cause you always good. No matter what I think, it can't change who you are. It can't change who you are. Cause you always good. No matter how far I am, it's change who you are. It can't change who you are. Cause you always good.
defend your authority, a confidence unwavering. The rhythm of your heart and mind affirms your victory. You are my breath, exhaling. You are surrounded with whirlwinds and thunder. I open up my sails, catch the breath of the off. As melodies resound in me, still the enemy, oh, I will sing with the voice of my Father and the breath of the through 
it's living on the inside The breath that's living on the inside Legacy Church. I'm excited today to be talking again about authority. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this month as we've studied authority. Uh, we've looked at the scriptures that give us the right to have authority. We've talked about what our God-given authority is. And today I want to talk to you about, uh, again, remind you what we said authority is. Remember, authority is the power or right to give orders to make decisions and to enforce obedience. Remember that we looked at how that's used in the spiritual realm. And uh, remember that battles won in the spiritual realm cause changes in the natural realm. If you remember, we looked at uh, Matthew 28. And Matthew 28 talks about Jesus saying he had all authority and he, he gave authority to us. He said, you go therefore. And remember what he said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And remember, he promised in Matthew 28, I will be with you always. So he sends us, he has sent us with authority and he is with us. And then Matthew, uh, or rather Mark 11, 23 and 24, which is really one of the foundational scriptures with which we look at our authority in Christ. He says, uh, truly I say unto you, whoever says of this mountain be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore I tell you, whoever, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. So we see the key to walking in authority is believing when you pray that what you pray can happen. And so we are understanding as we study this series that our authority is given to us by Christ for the kingdom of God and that our authority is that we are in Christ and understanding who we are in Christ, who Christ is in us and what he has called us to do. Now, one day as I was meditating on these scriptures and thinking about our authority in Christ, I thought of the fact that Jesus is called the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Now, if he is the king of kings, then who are the kings that he is king over? I suppose in the past I would have probably just said to you, well, he's king uh, over all the kings of the earth. And that's true. And there's scripture reference for that. But who are the kings of the earth? I guess in the past I would have thought it's just the, the people who rule, the rulers of the earth. He's the king of kings, Lord of lords. Lord it means boss. So he is the, the authority, the head over all. Okay, that's fine. But again, maybe I just thought it was he's because he's the greatest king that ever lives. He's the king of kings, like the champion king. And, but the fact is, we know that he is called the firstborn of many brothers. We know that by his death, burial, and resurrection, he has brought many sons and daughters to glory. I only say sons because that's what the scripture says. He has brought his, his people to the glory of God and into God. And we know that 
he is in the world, according to the scripture, we are in this world as he is in the world. We are as he is. And so John said that as he is, so are we in this world. So if he is a ruling and reigning king now, and we are as he is, we are his body ruling and reigning, then we are kings in this earth. So he is the king of kings, meaning he is the king over this kingdom of authority uh, bearing kings that he has raised up. Okay, now let me read to you from Revelation to lay some foundation to look at this and to see ourselves as kings and priests unto our God. Revelations chapter one, Revelation chapter one, verse four through six from the ESV says this, John to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of kings on earth. To him who loves us and has freed us. What has he done? To him who, who loves us and has freed us from our sins by the blood, by his blood, and made us a kingdom, priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now, that same scripture in Revelation 1, 5 and 6 in the King James says it a little different. It says, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. He has made us kings and priests. Now, believe it or not, I actually prefer the way the King James uh, translators chose to put that scripture instead of kingdom of priest or a kingdom of those who reign, kings and priests, he says. Because I think that if you study, and I don't have time in this study to, to even to, to, to go through it all, but if you studied out, there's plenty of evidence that we are called kings and we are called as kings with authority in this earth, and we are called as priests with authority in the spirit realm. And so I really like the fact that, the and there, there are a lot of different reasons why other scholars or other translations have taken it and said kingdom of priests or kingdom slash and priest, different things. Either way, I believe the argument can be made that we are called to rule and reign with Christ. There's plenty of evidence in scripture that we've been called to rule and reign with the authority that he has given us in the earth. So hear me say this. We have been called to rule and reign with Christ. This is not about us doing it on our own. Again, this is not about us building our own kingdoms. This is about us extending his kingdom, the kingdom of God in the earth. And the, the, the message of sonship that we've talked about so many times is so important. We just read it. He, through his death, have, has brought many sons to glory. But now the message of sonship, when you find that, that you're not just a a rescue in the kingdom of God. You're not just an orphan in the kingdom of God, but you're a son that you've been brought into the kingdom and you now have rights and privileges and responsibilities. What this wakes us up to is that we're not just children that are help, brought into the kingdom and are helpless, but we grow up understanding our spiritual authority and grow into understanding what we are called to do and how we're called to live. We've been brought into this kingdom or born again into the kingdom of God. 
And now we have authority as sons. You know, when a, when a dad looks at his little baby boy born and he, oh, what a cute little baby. He doesn't expect much out of that baby. I mean, really, there's only one thing that, a few things that babies do. They pee and poop a lot and they cry when they're hungry. You don't expect a lot out of them. You, you, you watch them as they grow and you expect mile markers to be hit. You expect at some point for them to start trying to talk and walk. And, and they're the things that we expect. We watch and we talk about this cute little kid and, and how he's growing. But there comes a point when that cute little kid becomes a grown man who understands he has rights and responsibilities in his father's kingdom. And this is how Jesus grew. He grew up understanding that he had to be about his father's business. By the time he's 12, he's teaching the teachers of the law. You've got to think about this. He is somehow entertaining them with his wisdom at such a young age. And it's because he was beginning or starting to figure out who he was in his father's heart and what his purpose was. And so as a son grows up, he grows into responsibility and he realizes that he has authority to make decisions, to declare things and to begin his own family, to begin to establish himself. And he doesn't look to his father just to do everything. You know, my son is grown and he has a family, a beautiful family with three kids. He doesn't call me every time he makes a decision. Now, there are some important decisions every now and then he calls me in on. Hey, dad, what do you think about this? I was honored, completely honored when he and his wife asked us to go car shopping with him. Hey, would you like to go help us pick out a car? And I don't know if it was just for the fun of it, hanging out. I don't know if he valued my opinion, but he sure made an old man feel good because he brought me in. But most of his decisions now he makes on his own. I'm, I would guess 99.9% .9 of them because he has established his authority in his family and he and his wife are, are building their life together. And that is what you expect. But it seems like to me that some in the church still live in a way that they feel like they're dependent on everybody else to give them everything. And they never grow up and understand their own authority. Like, I get it when you call, hey, will you pray for me? But have you prayed for you? When you reach out to somebody, hey, I need prayer. But the, the first question for me is, did you make declarations? And sometimes when people ask me, hey, will you pray for us in this situation? I'll say to them, what scriptures are you declaring in that situation? Because I can agree with you, the prayer of agreement. But when we always need other people, we need their authority. We need their, their uh, influence in prayer. We need, when we, feel, when we feel like we always need somebody else, it shows the spiritual condition that we are living in. And so, the message of sonship brings us into understanding we are sons of God and we have authority and we have rights and we are called to make a difference, each of us. Listen to what Ephesians chapter 1, 19 through 23. Pretty, pretty long passage here because I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation. Listen to what it says. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. This is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. 
And now he is exalted as first above every ruler, authority, government, and realm of power in existence. He is gloriously enthroned over every name that is ever, ever, uh, he is, hold on. He is gloriously enthroned over every name that is ever praised, not only in this age, but in the age to come. And he alone is the leader and source of everything needed in the church. God has put everything beneath the authority of Jesus Christ and has given him the highest rank above all others. And now we, his church, are his body on the earth that now and and that which fills him who is being filled by it. Did you hear that? And now we are his church, his body here on the earth and that which fills him who is being filled by it. It is filling us. He is filling us with his authority and we are filling the earth with his authority. He is filling us with his love and we are filling the earth with his love. What he is pouring in us, we are releasing in the earth because we're making a difference. It goes on in Ephesians 2, 6 and the Passion Translation to say this, he raised us up with Christ Ephesians 2, 6, he raised us up with Christ, the exalted one, and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm. For we are now co-seated as one with Christ. Get this, the authority of the heavenly realm has been made available to us. The authority of the heavenly realm. Jesus said, pray. As it is in heaven, let it be on earth. But now he's not just saying to his disciples, pray. He's saying to us, his disciples, work, do it, release heaven on earth. Not just pray heaven on earth. I give you authority to release heaven on earth. He has made available to us the authority of heaven so that we have the right to speak things, to release things, to declare things, to rule in this life. I love that Romans tells us that when we, we receive the free gift of righteousness and the, the, the gift of grace, when we receive the abundance of God's grace, uh, the, the book of Romans says, that through that, through this gift of righteousness, gift, free gift, and the abundance of grace, we are able to rule and reign. Who rules and reigns? kings do. He has called us with authority to rule and reign in this earth because that's what kings do. This may sound like a lofty thought to you, especially if you have lived and been a part of of a, a thought process that you are just an old sinner saved by grace or that you are just holding on until Jesus comes. If your thought process has been just trying to make it to heaven somehow or or that somehow you're just holding on till one day maybe you'll find a, a way to please God and make him happy. All those thoughts are rooted in the spirit of an orphan. If you think that you're just hoping maybe someday you'll be able to be pleasing to God or or that somehow you'll do something to make him happy. Again, all of that is not the understanding of your authority in Christ. It's not the understanding of who you are in Christ. It is orphan mentality that says, I was brought in, I could be kicked out. But the fact is, you were always part of God's heart and always part of his plan. He has always loved you. He never wanted to punish you. His heart has always been love towards you. 
And now, now you have been brought in, made one. You are part of his body. And, and, and now if you can begin to see yourself different, that you are loved, that you are accepted, that you are a king, our priest, and a priest under our God, that you have been brought into this glory, that you have a right here on earth, not to just let things happen to you, but to make things different by your declaration. Listen, I'll never forget, and I know that it's all about how we twist scriptures. I know that we have to be careful that we're understanding the, the context, and I know we have to be careful that we're, we're applying it right, because if you're not careful, you will try to twist the scriptures and make it be what you want it to be. And, and when I was very young as a teenager, I was learning scripture and learning the promises of God. And I was playing tennis with a, with a friend and we were both newly saved and I'd learned the scripture. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I was playing and we were losing and, and I kept saying to her, I don't understand because I'm quoting the scripture over my life. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I'm quoting the scripture, but I'm not winning. And I remember she turned and looked at me and she said, do you think that scripture means that even if we fail, we can do that through Christ's strength. Even if we don't win, he will give us strength to get through this and somehow he'll be glorified in it. And I was like, no, fam, that's not what the scripture says. And I'll never forget when we lost and we went and sat down in the stands. I remember saying, hey, you think maybe the scripture means that even in defeat, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Listen, here's the thing. When you begin to use your authority, it doesn't mean everything's going to go exactly the way you want it. I've realized at times there are things I've prayed for and believed for and hoped for and, and wanted. And, and later I'll see that God did not want it that way. It was not in my best interest. And, and, and he arranged things because he knows better and I trust him. And so I'm not talking about a blab it and grab it and name it and claim it. I'm not talking about doing anything just out of your. I'm talking about surrendering your will to Christ and realizing if I am a king and he's the king of kings, then I am a king under authority. And I am submitted to his authority. And so that all that I do, I do it under his authority. But only you can make the decision to use the authority that's been available to you in Christ. Only you can make the decision to walk in this authority. And, and only you can make it your prayer. Lord, search my heart. And, and help me keep my thoughts and my actions and my desires submitted to your kingdom and to your will. And help me not to just try to do things my own way, but to do what you are desiring. Show me your plan, and that's what I'll put my hand to. Show me what you desire, and that's what I'll work to see happen. Because this is about his kingdom come, heaven coming on earth, his will being done on earth and us being involved with it. So I just have a simple question for you today. Are you ruling and reigning in life? Have you received the free gift of righteousness that you can't earn? Have you accepted the abundance of grace that you can't earn? It is a free gift by which you can rule and reign in this life right now. That means you can make the right decisions. You can declare things. You can help extend the kingdom of God, extend love, extend righteousness, and make a difference. Church, I believe we can make a difference in this day, even in this hour, by walking in the authority that we've been given.